Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> <laughs> episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and sitting right next to me is my brother, Tommy. How's it going, Tommy? Good. How you doing? And joining us once again, virtually, our good brother from Pro Wrestling 101 on Instagram, it's Richard. How's it going, Richard? It's going swell, guys. How's it going with you? Um, I'm in shock. That's I will cool. say that. <laughs> Damn it. It was so rad. <laughs> Hella rad. No, I mean, in all seriousness, man, I'm in shock still with that finish from WWE's TLC tonight. I think we saw Top a murder. To bottom. Yeah, we we saw a murder happen. That's what it was. In kayfabe, as Tommy, you tweeted out in kayfabe. No, he died. It's not kayfabe. He's dead. <laughs> He's saw, dead. We saw a murder. We're we not just gonna witnessed see him a murder again. tonight, folks. But what's it called? Was it uh, Making a Murder, that documentary? Yeah. Is that what that called? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a, a Dave Meltzer report right now that, that Netflix is getting in contact with WWE to. Do another uh, Making a Murder series. I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> He's tweeting it out right now on Observer. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the darker edge stuff I've been wanting to see. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, so uh, if you could tell, Ray, uh, this episode of In the Click, please remember, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. But, yes, we're going to be focusing on reviewing, recapping uh, this year's TLC pay-per-view on the WWE Network. And... Um, Man, like I said, I'm kind of a little bit lost for words because You're speechless. of that ending there, which we'll get into. The whole show. The whole but, show. It was top no, top notch from top to bottom. Yeah, it was, great. it was like, great. It was amazing in-ring work. Uh, the matches were all great. I thought the booking was all awesome as well. And, Terrific booking. And, dude, there's so was, much was this like Was this like something that Pat Patterson left behind before he died? I like, think hey. That, I think this, this would be a cool show. I think he had like a Rolodex in advance before he passed away and just gave it to Bruce Pritchard and whoever. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like maybe their last visit was like, here's one more, here's one more gift for yeah. you. Don't open it until yeah. December 20th, the morning of December 20th. Oh, he told the opening inside. It's like a full scripted pay per view. What do we call it when we had we did it in grade school where we bury something and then oh, we wait at the end of the school oh, time machine a, or yeah, yeah. But what, what's that? Called? It's a, a box, like something. a scavenger hunt kind. No, of. I mean, yeah, it was like do not open until X date. That's what it was. Those I, boxes. What, what is, but it's called something. I don't remember. Oh, no, Google on your phone. Op. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll stall as you look it up. But uh, vamp. No, it, vamp. 
<laughs> but uh man what a pay-per-view it was so good so much to get into um and that's the thing was like uh, a couple things one i really think the second half of 2020 for wwe with their pay-per-views they've been really hitting out of the park if you think about SummerSlam, mm-hmm. uh, uh clash of champions uh, well, even hell in the cell uh, survivor series tlc it's all been really good let's be fair though i mean they, they're they they just picked up on the learning curve for the pandemic, so you know yeah. there, there was a bit of a curve there. But they since since they've jumped on board with it, um, damn, yeah, and, <laughs> it's and been fire, and and they, you know, no pun intended, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, listen, I I think for the last few years, especially with the brand split, I, I think for all these pay per views that they put on every month, sometimes twice a month. You know, when it comes to the big four pay-per-views, we always expect great things. By the way, it's called a time capsule. Time capsule. That's there we it. go. There we go. Uh, yeah, Pat Patterson had a time capsule made <laughs> at some point, which is, here's your results for TLC right here. Yeah. Save it. Last will and testament <laughs> TLC results. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, you know, in, in, the, in the past, I think when it comes to the big four pay-per-views, we always expect Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series to all be amazing top-notch performing pay-per-views great bookings all that stuff and then the other pay-per-views in between that i think sometimes our expectations are a little bit lower and i think going into this pay-per-view just kind of you know looking at you know other podcasters apple people on social media i think they had like low expectations going to this pay-per-view i did i did for sure yeah but I, i mean when you list the big four if you were to throw a fifth in there you'd probably say tlc at this point or money in the bank, money you in know, the normally. Bank. I mean, because yeah. there's such big stakes there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the ladders and everything. But if it was 20 years ago, it would have been King of the Ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, my, going into it, my personal expectations were a little bit low, just because, like, oh, here we go, December pay per view in the year, you know, gimmick pay per view. Like, ah, okay, it's gonna be a lot of gimmick stuff, and it's gonna cover up maybe some good wrestling. I don't know, but you know, or bad wrestling, I should this, say. This. This was very much an Attitude Era pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but just this pay-per-view delivered or over-delivered, I should say. And it was just yeah. top to bottom, very entertaining and a lot of stuff to talk about and break down. Uh, let me just pull up uh, the info right here. But yeah, no, it, it's uh, Richard. Uh, yeah, your general uh, takeaways and then we'll go down through the card. I was most excited about this show for Asuka and her mystery partner. Okay. Uh, everything else, I was just kind of like, you know, I'll judge it as it goes. Okay. And then the show opens with AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre. And yeah. I'm like, no way. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking like, why are they showing the video package right now? I'm like, am I early watching the show or something? <laughs> and like, this is the pre-show and... Yeah, that's because what I, I, did, too. I didn't see the signature open. Like I, I, I got on at probably four oh three. Okay, so like I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'm an hour early and it's starting at five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we get right into a main event caliber match, and everything else was upper mid card to main event level quality matches. Yeah, right. yeah. How about you, Tommy? Like, kind of your uh, initial nothing takeaways. was bad. Uh, yeah, I agree with Richard. Richard, nothing was bad. You know, so. Yeah, it, it, that yeah. was the thing. Was uh, so we had the kickoff show. It was announced earlier today. It was a four on four, eight man tag. The good guys, the baby faces versus the heels from SmackDown. Nothing too exciting to report. Biggie, Daniel Bryan, Chad Gable, and Otis 
I actually caught it. So I was able to watch it. It was taken on King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, you know, it is what it is as far as an eight-man tag. Every person had an opportunity to get in the ring, do a little bit of their stuff. And then ultimately, at the very end, it was just you know, a big cluster. Everyone getting their spots in. It was kind of like something left over from Survivor Series. Yeah, exactly. It was a yeah, Survivor Series type of match and, yeah. or a house They're show. Leftovers. Something you'd see at a house show. But ultimately, uh, Big E got the win for uh, the, his team. He uh, pinned Sami Zayn, which led to what we saw later on in the show. But it was a continuation of what we saw on SmackDown with Sami Zayn doing the Sammy Awards and... Uh, Big E was the big winner, and he got pissed. And then Caleb Braxton released the audio of Sami Zayn yelling, which was that. a play on uh, just current events. Uh, Tom Cruise and his big rant a few days ago. Or a decade ago, Christian Bale. Exactly. But yeah, Tom Cruise this week. Like, literally, word for word, or kind of the structure of Sami Zayn's leaked audio was very much similar to what Tom Cruise said this week to Hot his Mike. crew, his crew uh, uh, filming Mission Impossible 7 and then breaking COVID rules. So it was very goofy. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, good opening kickoff show just to give everyone an opportunity to be on TV. So uh, the main show started. And yeah, Richard, as you said, I was very shocked, too, to see the video package for the WWE Championship match. And then sure enough, we saw AJ Styles come out with his bodyguard almost and... Uh, the Drew McIntyre, you know, Drew McIntyre's entrance, I love it. You know, he has the sword still, and I think some ways, someone with the sword, it could look kind of goofy or look too gimmicky, but on him, it looks like just on him, it does a badass. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he's still like sword and stone, puts it reverse yeah. sword and stone, I should say, puts it back into the ramp, flames light up. And uh, yeah, he comes down to the ring, and uh, the majority of this match was a one on one match between AJ and Drew McIntyre, but dude. Richard, AJ, bumped his ass off for Drew McIntyre in this match. <laughs> I'm, I'm re-watching it as we speak. And I okay. just, AJ was just sitting on the top rope, and Drew ran over and chopped him, and he rolled over the top to the floor. And was, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, physical as hell. In the beginning, Drew was like laying some hard chops into him that you could hear yes. like the like very yeah. loud chops there. And... um I, I, uh, you know, not to brag or anything, but, you know, we talked to Drew McIntyre a couple of days ago and I told him, like, I was excited for plug, <laughs> plug, go back and listen to the interview with Drew McIntyre in case you missed it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, fourth time this year, I did tell him I should be his manager and he kind of paused and I think he said, nah, <laughs> no, no way. We don't need you. But he did remember me. And, uh, uh, so, but anyway, I, I told him I was excited for what in ring chemistry the two of them can have. Drew McIntyre, big, you know, muscular dude. AJ, a little bit shorter, so big man, small man, dynamic in the ring. And AJ Styles is arguably one of the greatest, if not greatest, performer of this generation. So, dude, you know they're going to knock it out of the park. But, yeah, it was awesome. Just AJ, like I said, at one point he was on the top rope, and Drew slapped him, and he fell over. And then, um, you know, working on the outside, on the table spots. Yeah. And, um I mean, just back in the ring, uh, the calf crusher AJ put on Drew through the ladder. Through the ladder. Oh, yes. God. That was great as well. And so, I mean, like I said, they were working their ass off, taking all these bums, especially AJ, made Drew look like a million bucks in there as a dominant champion, a big man. Um, the smaller guys playing up to them, 
right? Isn't that something? Uh, mm-hmm. I, it was a bully Ray, you know, said on Busted Open Radio recently. Like big guys in WWE, you got to be big in the ring. The little guys got to play up to you. Yes. And so we very much saw this dynamic in the ring. So it was <laughs> so good. Like, uh, and then eventually we saw. Um, when it looked like uh, 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 Drew was down and uh, there was an opportunity for Miz to come in, Miz comes running out with the money to bank briefcase and actually try to cash it in or did cash it in, I should say. And I mean, you know, partly his dumb ass, <laughs> I should say, took forever to climb the ladder. I mean, that's the thing with yeah. these ladder matches. It's like, come on, if you were really want that briefcase or whatever championship at the top, like hurry your ass up the ladder, but Miz being a dumbass took his sweet little time, and uh, ultimately then was it Drew or AJ got back in, and just literally like the last five minutes of this match, the, the drama, right? Tommy was yeah. just so incredible. It was maddening. Yeah, it and was- you know I felt this type of match is what I love. You know they were doing a ton of damage to each other, but it felt like nothing was set up. You know it, mm-hmm. it just you know, felt authentic. And, you know, the match finally was worth the WWE title. Yeah, it definitely... Yeah. I, I think I saw some people commenting online. was like, okay, Drew lost the title to um, to Randy at uh, Hell in a Cell, so back in October. And then literally, like, two, three weeks later, won it back on Raw right before the week before Survivor Series. So in some ways, what was the point of him dropping the title for just that short period of time and get it back. But I really think this match helped solidify why he deserves it to be WWE champion. He's a dominant, badass baby face. Um, but yeah, Richard, what do you think of the whole dynamic of the Miz getting involved? I loved it. Um, it, it like, like Tommy said, it just, it just was nail biting when he came back in because before, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just watching a really good match. Yeah. And now I'm worried that one of the two guys I want to win isn't going to win. Yeah. So uh, it added that drama to it where it's like, I, 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 I'll, full discretion, I do like The Miz. I didn't always like The Miz, but mm-hmm. I, I like The Miz now. But I didn't want to see him win this match. Yeah. And then he's in there fresh as a daisy after these guys have beat the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this SOB is going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, uh, I was expecting Age or uh, Drew to win the match. And AJ to give him a hell of a match. Yeah. And then you throw the Miz into the the thing, and it's like, you know, you're expecting Miz to come in at the end if he's going to cash in. Mm-hmm. And he, cash, er, he cashes in mid-match, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, my God, now it's a triple threat. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the, <laughs> just, yeah. Just kind of, like, put me through, like, a gamut of emotions. Like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, God. Drew doesn't have to be in the ring to lose this match. He doesn't have to be pinned, submitted, anything. Like, one of these other two guys can just climb up there and grab it. It certainly helped with the unpredictability. And, uh, you know, it was just like it was – you didn't know who was going to get it at the end. Yeah, that was the great part. It's like, you know, historically speaking, looking back at the history of the Money in the Bank briefcase, normally whoever has it, most of the time it's like a heel that usually has it. And – they always, you know, chicken s their way as far as ca- uh, capitalizing on a moment when a babyface champion is down, and it's usually after a match. And so maybe after a champ retains, then they come in while they're beat up, hit their finisher, hit him with a chair or something, and then cash in and then get the one, two, three. 
So it's very rare for someone with the briefcase to cash in during a match. I mean, we saw uh, uh, Seth Rollins do it, you know, at WrestleMania five years ago, which was still one of the greatest moments ever. So for Miz, I give him credit for inserting himself into the match and making it a triple threat. And then ultimately, as you said, uh, Richard, as far as Drew didn't need to be pinned in that point. And if anything, Miz, you know, said going back a couple weeks ago, I, I think um, as far as AJ Styles, like they figure AJ and Miz will work together as long as they get Drew out of the picture and then one of them becomes champion then they feel the other person's easier to defeat than Drew McIntyre. So they brought that whole dynamic into this match. And yeah, it's just, uh, uh, you know, Miz getting involved. And then I like the way like they had the ladders. Drew and AJ were both going up. And then you're like, where's the Miz? And then uh, uh, AJ falls off. And you're like, oh, Drew can go for it. Then the Miz comes running up or the Miz comes up with that second ladder. And they're like side by side and they're going at it. And it's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? And then Drew knocks the Miz down. Miz falls down. And like, all right, Drew is finally by himself. Then AJ springboards onto the ladder, jumps onto it very much like um, um, uh, Kobe uh, Kingston. Yeah. Or or Montez Ford did a couple years ago at that takeover when he jumped onto the ring. That's always a great spot where they like jump off the ropes, get onto the ladder to kind of catapult themselves up to the top. And then. AJ comes up and then Drew, they're going at it one more time. And then Drew falls down. And you're like, no. Then Miz starts going up. And so it's Miz and AJ looking at each other. Then Drew takes the other ladder, pushes it over into the other ladder. And the both of them fall over through the ropes. AJ's knocked out. Miz gets up. Uh, Drew hits him with the Claymore. And then Drew goes up and gets the title. Great dramatic finish there. You know what's even crazier? Because I just, I just. Fast forward a little bit okay. through it. Uh, it goes well into 40 minutes into the show. Is that how it long didn't, it was it, for? It didn't, exactly. Like, exa- that's my mm. point exactly. Mm. It didn't feel that long. It felt like it was 20 minutes. Uh, it says here <laughs> on Wikipedia, 27 minutes and five seconds. So you count like the entrances and the yeah. video package. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you're right. About 40 minutes into the show when it wrapped up. So, dude, I mean, just the emotions, Tommy, as you tweeted out earlier, Tommy, you'll follow Tommy. Iron Fist 1982 on Twitter. Tommy had some really good tweets tonight and observations. But yeah, just the emotions, the drama. And I give Miz credit. His role in this match added a whole new layer of like, oh my God, who can take this? Uh, but yeah. almost. Of, even, of all the ways that that SOB is going to win the belt, that's going to be how he's going to win it. Like yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking he's going to shove it. He's going to, because he's come close in the past, coming close to winning the belt again. He hasn't been yeah. champion for how long now? Who, the Miz? Yeah, right. 10. 10, 11 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, yeah, nine and a half, almost 10 years. I mean, it's WWE champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, but almost getting involved and, um, you, you know, uh, he took, was well, he took the Miz, right? And threw him outside on the, he crashed on the table. <laughs> on the table. And even that one spot, AJ, didn't Drew, remember he took AJ, threw him through the la- uh, table outside as well? Oh, uh, yes, he did. Yeah. So I'm just saying, a lot of great spots here. Almost did a great job as a big, big man, scary big man enforcer in the match as well. So overall, I was so happy with this match and how it played out. Great booking here. And uh, yeah, Drew McIntyre retains the championship. And once again, um, he's been a dominant champion. And I'm looking forward to what he can do going into the new year. That's also your your fourth interview before a pay-per-view with Drew McIntyre. And then he's retained. 
Uh, he he lost the Hell in the Cell one. I was a little so I'm three and one, three and one, three well, and one. When he talks to me, three I, quit, of, I, I quit the podcast. Damn it! So he's batting seven fifty yeah, with, with me. <laughs> he's still my, our bestie. We will, but uh, uh, cut this out of the podcast. I'm done. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, next up was a match that I probably honestly had the lowest expectations for. Uh, Sasha, <laughs> Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella. And listen, like, yeah, the buildup was kind of sudden as far as, okay, Sasha Banks wrapped up her, her feud with, with Bailey and Carmella just came out of nowhere, made her big return and just started beating up Sasha Banks next couple weeks. So Carmella was already springboarded into the title picture when I kind of was hoping maybe she would get a little more. Uh, matches kind of set her up a little bit more as a dominant heel opponent for Sasha Banks. But no, as soon as she made her big return, she went right after Sasha Banks. And so uh, first big match, or I guess second big match, because they had the one a couple weeks ago with the champagne bottles breaking and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sasha Banks took on Carmella here in the rematch from that SmackDown match. And yeah, Richard, what did you think of uh, this match of the night? Uh, it met my expectations. Okay. Because, uh, we got that taste of, of her and, and Carmella, Sasha and Carmella, pronouns, pal, uh, yeah. on SmackDown. And I could tell right away that that was the same Carmella I remember before she left NXT. Okay. And I knew that this was going to be pretty good. So I was, I was expecting this to be good and it, it delivered and then some. Yeah. That you know, Sasha Banks. Listen, we know what we're gonna get from her. You know, she's gonna come out with the badass entrance. She's gonna work her ass off. She's gonna deliver the knee shots or the meteoras uh, over and over. She even did uh, her Eddie Guerrero st- tribute stuff, um, frog splash and whatnot. So she was elusive. Arm, arm as drag, yeah, arm drag, yeah. So, but Carmella, to her credit, you know, worked her ass off too. A lot of super kicks, and you know, really yeah. made this a legit battle back and forth and there were a couple points where i was like carmella looks like she might actually get a victory here yeah. to suspend my disbelief as a legit threat to the championship so uh I, I thought this was a lot better than what i expected tommy did you have any uh uh ideas about this match oh uh, no not really i just like to say that sasha was just elusive as always and uh carmella did a really good uh sell job throughout this match i thought yeah so uh um Ultimately, uh, 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 Sasha Banks wins, retains the title. So I'm curious moving forward, though, will Carmella still trying to get involved or does Sasha Banks already move on to a new opponent already heading to Royal Rumble, which we saw later on. It was announced it's going to be the last Sunday in January, January 31st. Hmm. Uh, so Royal Rumble season's almost here, Richard, right? That's your uh, favorite pay-per-view. That's my. That's the best pay per view of the year. So I'm looking forward to that. I know they're uh, curious where they how they're going to do it this year uh, in uh, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. There's rumors that they're going to try to get some fans in. So uh, we'll I'm excited for it. Uh, next up, a match that I was also looking forward to was the Hurt Business uh, taking Ooh. on New Day for oh, the Raw Tag Team Championships. Richard, you're already wooing. Please tell me what you thought about this one. Uh, over delivered. Yeah. Uh, would be an underestimation of, of what this was. This was really, really good. And uh, when it, when they hit, when they got the win, it wasn't a surprise. Like, like they hit that pin, and it's like, yeah, that's how it should have went. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like like I wasn't expecting a kick out. Like it, it looked like like they they were defeated, like fair and square, and uh, just a, a really good physical match and even evenly matched. Yeah, in every that, way. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like New Day and Hurt Business have great in ring chemistry as well, and I keep referring to that. But they really do. I mean, listen, the New Day, 10-time tag team champions, Kofi, former WWE champion, which I'm glad commentators do acknowledge that in this match. They're all pros. Shelton Benjamin, you know, even at this latter point of his career, he's still a badass performer as well, Cedric Alexander. So you're going to get a great pay-per-view quality match. And that's what they did here. And... Going into this, I was really hoping her business were going to win and get those championships and really add more gold to their faction and really uh, legitimize the her business as this dominant force on Monday Night Raw. Because I really think I, they needed that. Let, let me ask you this based off of what you just said. Uh, it, do you think that there's something to that the, because they got hot all of a sudden that the, the, the Twitterverse and the WWE universe decided that this was already failed because they didn't win the belts as soon as this got hot. Cause I saw a lot of people saying that, that, that uh, they're never going to win all the belts and blah, blah, blah. And just complaining. And it's like, give it some time. They can't just, you know, like overnight all of a sudden. Yeah. Cause they, they were overnight a hot group. Yeah. Like when they, when they got centric, like everyone assumed that this is going to be, like at the next evolution, but it's like they're building this. Yeah, well, I think. Well, listen, we live in a world, as you said, social now, media. Now, 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 instant gratification. Yeah, and I think people's attention spans are so short. They want, yeah, instant gratification. They want results right away. Where no, you got to have a little bit of long form storytelling. Therefore, when things happen, it makes sense at the right time. And, and it means more because, it, like, had they given all the guys the belts, like this. Bobby Lashley's kind of forgotten because now you're you're just focused on the tag team champion. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, okay. Yeah, like, okay, as soon as they got high, they, they had the great moment on Raw Underground. Remember when they all came in, took their suits off and just kicked ass. So that, that was a great way of establishing themselves as not only they'll look professional, but they'll punch you in the face. And then even when uh, Retribution started making appearances – they her business offered their services for a fee. They're almost like a uh, 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 higher guns or uh, mercen- mercenaries, mercenaries yeah, yeah. offering their services to protect Monday Night Raw. And so we saw them come out and beat up Retribution when Retribution was uh, interfering. So that was good stepping stones to establish them as this dominant force. Okay, now we've done that. Now what's the next step? Okay, they're going to go after goal. First was Bobby Lashley, ultimately getting the, the U.S. championship. That was done. And then the next step is the tag team championship. So, yeah, this takes time. you got to pace it out and spread it out a bit. So, yeah. And, Let it marinate. Well, yeah, exactly. So anyone online who's complaining, oh, they should have won the gold right away. Well, like, well no, because then you blow your load too early. Yeah, look at look. At the undisputed era, when they started winning the gold, it was Adam Cole first, yeah, and then the tag titles, and then the North American title. Yeah, yeah. well, actually, so, if you think about, it, yeah, I mean, it went back and forth for a minute. Remember, Adam Cole won the North American, helped yep. win the tag. They lost those, then they had to start back over, and they said, "We have this prophecy that we want to fulfill." And then they took their time, each one capture uh, capturing the belt. 
uh, the the tags, then Adam Cole winning the NXT championship, and then uh, uh, Roderick Strong winning the North American last. So it took time, but it was a, it was the drama of like they're almost there. Oh, they lost it all. They got to yeah. rebuild themselves. It's so, like the Four Horsemen was. Yeah, and therefore, look, you almost got what a year and a half of great NXT television out of it. Yeah. So you got to take your time. So yeah, with the hurt business. So yeah, great match here. Uh, the story they've been kind of telling a little bit of Cedric Alexander as the young, cocky, hot-headed one. He's like uh, lately on Raw, he's been speaking his mind or you know uh, running from the mouth. Yeah, uh, that he could do stuff or hurt business will do this and that. And Shelton Benjamin kind of keeps looking over at him. He's like the more older, elder statesman looking over at him, and be like, like. Dude, chill out. <laughs> like you would think, this is kind of trouble in paradise. Oh yeah, you don't speak for me per se. Yeah. Uh, but this matchup here, as far as towards the end, uh, Shelton Benjamin looks like he's has Kofi kind of uh, lined up for a win here. But then Cedric's like pin me or tags himself in, hits his finisher and pins Kofi, and then they win the Raw Tag Team Championship. So Cedric helps ultimately gets the win. And so all of them are celebrating. Uh, Richard, I saw you shared that photo of all four of them holding up the gold mm-hmm. as. As well, and so I don't know. Do you think her business needs one more piece of gold, which is the WWE Championship on Raw, or or is it okay because MVP is more of a manager right now? So all three, the other three members have something, and that's okay. Well, that's that's if they don't add another member. Yeah. So there's always that possibility that I mean I wouldn't throw any flags on. MVP getting the belt somehow, you know, with Bobby Lashley lost it and then MVP picked it up and then Bobby Lashley down the road beats McIntyre for the belt. I, I don't think I don't think anyone would throw a flag on Bobby Lashley beating anyone for a belt at all. Yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a man uh I, I remember hearing Tony Schiavone in ninety eight or ninety nine say that uh just Chris Benoit walking out to the ring saying that's a man that should always have a belt on him. And I feel the same way about Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's that kind of freak athlete and talent that his presence should always have a gold belt, no matter what level the belt is on. You know, if if you've got a popular world champion and a popular United States champion, like Bobby Lashley should hold the twenty four seven championship and then not make it a joke, you know, like the Undertaker or Rob Van Dam with the hardcore belt. Or like just uh, defend ma- the belt and be a beast. Like Add some credibility to whatever he's holding. Or maybe MVP yeah. can win the 24 7 title, and then technically sure. all four of them have a championship. That could then. work. So, yeah. and maybe MVP could be like, I'm tired of R Truth, you making this a joke. Like, I'm going to make this yeah. a legit title again. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how this all plays out. But yeah, for her business, I'm curious. Okay, they, they all have gold now. It reestablishes them outside of Drew McIntyre. They're the dominant force on Raw now, ideally on paper. So yeah. now are we going to start seeing some tension between Cedric and Shelton Benjamin start playing out? That's something that I think keep your eye on on Raw moving forward and just how. And I like it's been very subtle as far as Shelton just looking over at him and just, huh. And then, then he goes back into celebrated mode. So, you know, it's very subtle. It's not like hitting it in your well, face. I think part of that is more so uh, Shelton being awkward or uncomfortable on a microphone. So, uh, He's used to that, just staring and looking and not nothing happening. Yeah, that's that's always been from what I've I've heard that the hold back with Shelton is is his mic skills. So yeah, because he's he can do literally anything else. So yeah, yeah. Um, it it might it might just be a quirky kind of funny thing. I, I think it's character building, if anything. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I, I, I just, I'm, I think we might see uh, not it, it, like uh, I'm going to turn on you kind of way, but we might see the New Day decide that they're going to go their separate ways. Oh, it's even Kofi and Xavier going singles yeah. routes. Yeah, because you might, you, they might see it as well. Look at the success of Biggie right now and mm-hmm. Kofi earlier this year. Um, and I think that that Xavier Woods hasn't really got to show off what he can do yet at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we know he's good. Yeah, but like on his own, we we he's never been uh, tested in WWE. Yeah. Well, you actually bring up a good point with uh, Big E. So later on, we see uh, this backstage segment with Sami Zayn confronting Caleb Braxton and be like, where'd you get that audio of me and leaked it out? Where'd you get that? And he's like, and I love he called her out on her her uh, poolside photos. Yeah, her ass photos. Yeah. Like, literally, if you follow Caleb Braxton on Instagram, like, yeah, within a couple days. She posted some photos poolside, and literally, it's her butt just sticking out. Like, what's the young kid say? Thirst trap or thirst photos? Thirst, thirst trap. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's obviously she's just putting you know, posting these sexy photos. Which, hey, fine by me. They look great, great photos. But I love Sami Zayn calling Girl, her out. <laughs> yeah, calling her out on she's that. She's a princess. <laughs> so um, you um, should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> so then, uh, uh, Big E comes Horn out. Dog. I'm Big... unsubscribing right now. <laughs> Uh, Big E comes out, confronts him, and uh, Sami Zayn's like, you're the one that leaked it, didn't you? And and I liked how, oh, oh yeah, R-Truth was also there. And I liked how, because oh, R-Truth and Big E were looking at the phone. I like how Sami Zayn pretty much called out Big E and be like, dude, you just joke around all the time. And I really felt like in one moment, like it, like the light bulb went up in uh, Big E's head. And he's like, I got to kind of start taking things a little more seriously. Yeah. Is that a safe uh, observation? Yeah, I, I I would agree. Yeah. Um, I I think as well. It, what I, I get from that segment is how valuable uh, our truth is. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, I mean, I don't. I I can remember in two thousand two him winning the NWA title mm-hmm. for NWA TNA at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a legit wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, just just a, a badass in the ring, uh, kind of a street thug character. And we know he can do that. And we've seen even the last two years when he won. What's it? The, the Intercontinental US, Championship? U- US, U.S. Championship. Oh, okay. John Cena! <laughs> and, he, and he's having great, serious matches. But who can do what R-Truth does yeah. every week? The comedy bits. He's hosting the Sammys like, this week. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like that, if, if for the people that complain that he's a good wrestler, it's like, well, he's also the most entertaining person in WWE. And that extended his probably his uh, career within WWE like he's that versatile of a performer yeah which is crucial in WWE until they find someone that is as entertaining or more than he is then he's going to be in that role and it's a good role to have especially you know he is older I mean guys you just said 2002 he was winning matches so 18 years later you know he's an older man so for him to take less bumps but still be on TV I'm all for I'm fine with that yeah. Well, and I think he was fine. I think he was an enhancement guy in like 97 96 for WWE wow. so he's he's yeah. been with the company and he was on in WCW too towards the end yeah that's with right with the masterpiece uh, stable that's oh, right cool. yeah with <laughs> the, the, you know rap is crap you know with Kurt Henning and uh uh yeah uh, the West uh, Texas Rednecks thank you 
Oh my god, we're dropping so much knowledge right now. Yeah. Barry Wyndham, Barry Wyndham, Kendall Wyndham Jr., <laughs> Kurt Henning, Bobby Duncan Jr. Oh yeah, may he yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, listen, for her business, happy for them. I, I put this on Twitter earlier. Who would have thought at the beginning of 2020 that you would have told me that Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin would be Raw Tag Team Champions by the end of the year and be part of a dominant faction, the Hurt Business. Like, like, you know, every year I think a lot of people like to do predictions for the following year for wrestling. That was one no one could have predicted. So whoever came up... We we also learned something off of the show. Did did you pick up on that? That uh, Billy Kay can speak Japanese, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, so let's talk and about she's that. she's really good at making masks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I just say with the Hurt Business, congrats to them. Awesome for them. And uh, looking forward to what they do next with the rest of this year. And uh, yeah, Richard, as you just brought it up, uh, yeah, uh, going into this pay-per-view was a big question. Who's going to be Asuka's tag team partner? It was a big mystery. And <sighs> yeah, Billy Kay went up to Asuka with her, her, her headshot and her resume mm-hmm. and, you know, pleaded her case why she should be Asuka's tag team partner. Uh, but yeah, as you said, I laughed too when she says, I speak Japanese, and Asuka starts speaking Japanese and Billy Kay's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Asuka's that. like, uh, and she also had the, her own fake mask made out of like a paper plate. It was like a pie tin. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was funny, and then ultimately Asuka's like, I guess you didn't understand what I said, but the position has been filled. So it was like, Ooh, who's gonna be Ooh. who's gonna be the partner now? Oh, the plot thickens. Yeah. So I mean, Richard, I know you put up on Instagram the other day, like people's like you asked people to predict who could it be. And there's a lot of different possibilities. There was I mean Io Shirai, but Kyrie. You, I, uh Kyrie Sane, uh Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Dana Brooke, I mean uh, Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. So there's a lot of people that were uh uh, people were anticipating a lot of speculation, uh, but yeah, the other one was Charlotte Flair because she's been gone. I can't believe it's been almost six months now. And then, sure enough, so the match starts. Uh, 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 Nia Jackson and Baszler comes out. The women's, the current women's tag team champions, and Oscar comes out. And I love she just points to the ramp, and then boom, Charlotte Flair's music hits, and yeah, the uh, the queen is Ooh. back, Charlotte Flair, and. Richard, yeah, kind of your initial observations, takeaways from uh, Charlotte's uh, in-ring return. Well, she looked phenomenal. Yeah, uh, um, sharp as a had, thumbtack. I said, yeah, had not had not missed a beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just damn. I was, I was very happy because she's, she's my favorite women's wrestler, probably. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say she just. I, I text you guys this. I think she just looked really well rested, refreshed, and obviously you've been gone for six months, and she's probably just been resting. I know she had some surgery. Uh, it was report some surgery procedure done earlier in the summer. So between all that and just probably resting, you know, because she's been you know, putting her body on the line for the company for what over five, six years now. Yeah, yeah. You know, working nonstop to her credit. You know, regardless of heel or baby face, she's been very loyal to the company, working her ass off. So an absolute workhorse. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think this time away from WWE was probably really good for her, just to heal up her body. I mean, she looked, she filmed something too, didn't she? A I show think yeah. Or? Rick was saying yeah, she was doing some acting stuff as well. I mean, I don't know how much of it with the pandemic, but I know Rick Flair did mention that too. So nonetheless, she just looked well rested. Like you know, when you're away for something, you have an opportunity to miss it. 
you know, collect yourself, rest your body, heal up. Spent, she was able to spend a lot of time, looks like, with Andrade that we see on social media. So her coming back, she just looked amazing. And as you said, yeah. She looked her, hot, it, Danny. Yes, she looks hot. hot. Being professional with my now trying to beat around the bush. I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm, I'm being professional. <laughs> She's it's, the slay queen, as they say. Yeah. Wow. No, but, but no, she looked great in the ring. Like you, Tommy, you said she didn't beat uh, miss a step, right? I said, as uh, sharp as a thumbtack. Yeah, so uh, great match here. I mean, come on. You got Asuka, I mean, as well. And so uh, I just love the whole back and forth between all the ladies here. Uh, and then ultimately, um, uh, Asuka and Charlotte Flair win, and they're now the new uh, women's tag team champions. Dude, that's awesome. One, uh, Asuka, I think I saw online she is 4-0 and now at TLC. Every TLC, yeah. every year. She wins. So, dude, she's money now. Mm-hmm. And now she's a two-belt champion. So she has the Raw Championship, and she's one half of this uh, women's tag team champion. Of course, Ric Flair was there backstage. That was cool, seeing Ric Flair. In the gorilla position. So uh, uh, so she's a two-belt champion currently, which I think uh, people wanted to see before. Was she, was she ever two belts with Kyrie Sane? No. No. I don't think so. Um but so, uh, uh, so yeah, she's, and then also Charlotte Flair, they said on Twitter, she's a Grand Slam champion now. So she's mm-hmm. won Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and Women's Tag. So she's. And Diva. Oh, Diva. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was one of the last, uh, Diva champions. I think she was, was the, the last. last one. Yeah. yeah. They, she, they, they swapped it over at WrestleMania 32, 32 in Dallas. They did the presentation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, congrats to both of them. Big accomplishment. So, okay, Richard, where do they go from here? I anticipate Charlotte's probably going to go heel again. I would think something's going to happen. Maybe they lose the titles, turns on Asuka, and will I, this lead to a WrestleMania match? I think I think probably spot on. Uh, I'm going to say that they're probably going to lose the belts back to Shayna and Nia. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I still get, get the feeling, because I thought if it wasn't going to be Charlotte, then they were going to retain. Uh, yeah. So it being Charlotte, you know, I a think big that... A bigger turn. You can't lose on a bigger turn. turn. It, it hypes her back up. She's got another title on her belt. Um, and I think that that would... That's just a catapult for her. Mm-hmm. And then it means more for Shayna and Nia to beat two uh, solo acts like that. And here's the thing. Keep in mind, the women's tag championships, they can go on any brand. So theoretically, Oscar and Charlotte can show up on SmackDown. So you get that star power for the ratings bump, whatnot. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, now that they're no longer champions, maybe they can start feuding with each other, even though they're kind of both heels right now. But now you kind of free them up to be potential heels for other people, other fresh matchups there. I I think you're just going to have to see a turn from Charlotte at some point because mm-hmm. Oscar doesn't speak English. Yeah. So I, I don't think you're, you're not going to get like a, a feud feud out of that. You're going to get like a split, uh, a swerve that leads to a big match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We're probably going to get a rematch uh, like a, uh, at WrestleMania, you know, like we saw two years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was in New Which Orleans. Which was like, what, nine minutes? And it was the best match, one of the best matches on that show. Right. Yeah, we were there. We were right. there. We were there for that one. Yeah, God, that was such a good match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Happy for Charlotte to be back. I think the Raw women's roster really needed a bump. 
as far as just star power and fresh matchups. Uh, and I'm quality kinda, storytelling. Yeah, storytelling as well. But I'm kind of curious, though. We're like Rhea Ripley, you know, on NXT. A lot of people thought she was going to be bumped up to uh, Raw or SmackDown. So, yeah, I I actually thought Rhea Ripley was going to be the mystery well, partner. I, and, I think with with NXT at the moment, half of those women are injured right now. So they need all the women's star power that they can they can get. And it yeah. looks like she's entering a new thing with Tony Storm and also with Raquel yeah. Gonzalez. So mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley's busy. And I think. Keep her on NXT. I mean, you sure. I mean, they got a great the, thing the going longer, there. The longer you're in NXT, the, the the better cooked you are when you come to the main roster. Exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Uh, next up was a match that we were all very excited to watch, and they over-delivered as well. So, Universal Championship on the line. It was Roman Reigns, the champion, taking Ooh. on Kevin Owens. <laughs> oh man, I oh, Richard. This show went yeah. by so quick. Like mm-hmm. when that came on, I'm thinking, wait, there's like another two hours to the show, isn't there? And it's like, <laughs> oh god, it's already what was it, six or seven? Six. Yeah, it was six o'clock yeah. when that yeah. started. It flew quick. Yeah, yeah. It so, was uh, yeah, almost a 25 minute match itself. I'm just looking it up right now, mm-hmm. but. Uh, God, I mean, like the story going into it, as we saw on SmackDown, like uh, Jimmy, I mean, sorry, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns beat down Kevin Owens, left him with like tables and chairs and all on that, top of him. That was a ECW style match if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was so much chaos and violence like shit. There wasn't any real moves for the first 20 minutes. It was it was just violence and brawling. And yeah, um, the intensity was there. Yeah, that was a brawl. That wasn't a wrestling match. That was, yeah, was just like a great, brawl. great wrestling brawl. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah. I was and, surprised that Kevin didn't run over and clock Heyman. Yeah, like I wish he did. Point. And and I was almost <laughs> expecting um, Jimmy Uso to come out and cost him. So that's yeah. the thing. I'm curious when Jimmy's going to make his official return, all healed up, and then what role will he play in that whole the family dynamic, head of the table thing, and will he be another like henchman? for Roman Reigns and then now Roman will be that much more powerful because he has both his twin cousins working for him and being dominant and really protecting him as champion so that's yet to be seen but this match here Richard I mean you texted us uh, a great observation just about Kevin Owens and just this matchup here and just how he performed no I said yeah or do you say that yeah no but you said this is the Kevin Owens we've been missing oh yeah 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 yeah, right yeah yeah this is this is I mean we haven't really seen a Kevin Owens to be excited about since uh daniel bryan's return and even then that was about daniel bryan and not kevin owens yeah i was trying to remember the timeline because i remember kevin was gone for a bit remember he had the double knee surgery and then he came back and he was kind of floundering i remember right like he was trying to be yeah and then he started being the more baby face he had the thing with seth at wrestlemania but he's just been kind of like there he's just been existing lower middle card existence Yeah, and which is not a bad spot per se, as far as you're working and being seen. But you're, but, but you're not doing anything. Nothing like, memorable. Like you, yeah, you could say the same for Nakamura, but he's had a belt around his waist almost the entire time he's been on the main roster. Exactly. So it's like on paper it looks like well Nakamura could do so much more. It's like Nakamura's been champion like the entire time he's been on the main roster. Yeah, yeah. And like with Kevin, he hasn't. Like he was the the second universal champion uh mm-hmm. and and what since you know like i think the most people what, four have years ago to, now 
Yeah, I think the most people have talked about Kevin Owens is the documentary that they did where Vince was disappointed. Yeah, I I, I, I saw something. Was it on a network or a clip online? He pretty much said he feels like he's been really building himself back up over the last couple of years. It's been a process. Yeah. And, I mean, but this right ro- If you think about it, though, it's a good thing because uh, there's the roster's so big. Mm-hmm. So when he comes back into that position, then he's fresh again. So he can, he can jump into a position where they know he can already deliver because he's done that. When he was the universal champion, it wasn't a short run. He had it for a long time. Yeah, and with the, Jericho and, and, his, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and his roadblock was Goldberg. <laughs> so, like, losing a belt to Goldberg isn't like uh, – it's, it's not like he lost it to James Ellsworth. You know what I mean? Like, if you lose a belt to Goldberg, then it's like, oh, shit, that's Goldberg. Yeah. I mean, it was 197 and 0, or whatever his yeah. winning streak was. Yeah. I got to watch that documentary on the network. I heard that was really good, the Goldberg it's, one. It's very good. Dude, like, they've been putting out some good stuff on the network. I mean, Stone Cold's latest couple episodes of the Broken Skull session, the I, Goldberg thing. We, yeah. we were talking about it right before we started recording. I uh-huh. am so stoked for this WWE. WWE icons, as it called, yeah, icons. Which looks yeah. like it's their kind of spin on, uh, a, like a dark side of the ring, or yeah, behind the music type of the yeah. yeah, yeah, behind the music, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, but no, also yeah, dark side of the ring as well. So it's their own version Cause, cause, of that. Yeah, and I have no problem with that because, like, quite frankly, when dark side of the ring's done, I want more. So like, if yeah, I can yeah. get more over there, then. I, Sure. Oh, and the, and the Dark Side Ring, they can't cover everyone. They just don't have the budget yeah. to do with that. I mean, who knows? I mean, if it's successful enough, they can last for seasons and years to come. But yeah, I mean, they can't reach or cover every single person. So if WWE wants to do their own stuff, obviously it's WWE's version and they're going to control the narrative and the history uh, of this person's career. <laughs> and they want to choose the people. Uh, they want yeah, and, to and, talk about the certain wrestler. Yeah. And so uh, actually on a side note, like I know... Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Georgia, Davy Boy Smith's daughter, Bridge Bulldog's daughter, she was posting stuff on Instagram that they were at their house. The dude was at their house last month filming a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, this is something they've been working on the last couple of months, and they're editing probably as we speak, and it looks like it's going to debut well, end of January. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I would also say, and I'm not, I don't want to get specific uh, because I don't want to get into a long debate as to why <laughs> some people need to be defended. But I do think that sometimes Dark Side of the Ring has showed more so just of the negative than the positive. Mm. So the fact that WWE puts a spin on it uh, sometimes builds a person up more than, um, mm. you know, from what it yeah. looked like from this icons, we're getting the Lex Luger story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did see a, a tiny thing on Dark Side of the Ring about uh, the untimely death of Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're going to get his side of the story. Uh, on there and his mm-hmm. retribution from it. So yeah, that's a good I, observation. I, I, I appreciate. It. No, that's good. That's good. You said that. Well, you, you know when you you followed this as long and uh, you've heard other sides of the story, and then you'll see people that will just report the negative. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, well, okay, what happened after that? Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. something like the Benoit story, it, there is no happy ending at the end of the day. Yeah. So it is what it is, no matter who's saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there's life after Liz, and yeah. we'll see what that is. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, so, yeah, we, we could probably do full reviews of that next month. I look forward to we watching will. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say, for going back to Kevin Owens. Uh, oh, yeah. Listen, sorry, this, this That's la- what we were talking about. This last month, as far as the buildup for his match with Roman Reigns, I've been loving it because Kevin Owens has been reestablished as I keep saying this, a badass babyface. Like he has shown no fear to Roman Reigns' current heel run. He's been standing up to him. He's been calling him out and says, I'm not scared of you. I'm willing to fight you. And all of that combined has been just a great total package, no pun intended, <laughs> but really established Kevin Owens as a legit threat to Roman Reigns. And so I love this. And this match, See, I, he held his I, own. I didn't take that. I didn't. Really? I thought. I thought the pro his promos leading into it were kind of weak. Um, Kevin's. Kevin. Like okay. I, didn't, I. I just wasn't buying it, and it might just be his style of delivery, mm-hmm. and that he's a baby face when I see him as a heel. But his physicality within the match, there was there was probably the last five, six, seven minutes of that match. I'm thinking, yeah. oh my god, he's gonna get it. Yeah. Like when the that last spot before Roman started climbing and. Jay started uh, climbing on top of him. I was thinking, he's, there's that table behind him. I thought he was going to knock Jay through the table and then grab the belt. Yeah. And then Roman just came out of nowhere like Brock does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just really well done. Yeah, Jay Uso. God damn it. I know it was a D, no DQ match because it's TLC, but that little mother effort kept – just yeah. weaseling his way in there, getting involved. Literally, Kevin Owens, it was a two-on-one match to his credit. So even though he lost, he still looked strong as far as he was taking on two guys the whole time. And that's even, you yeah. know, when I talked to Drew McIntyre the other day, reflecting on that Survivor Series match, he well, said... Here we go again. Sorry, let me pick up that name <laughs> I just dropped. But I'm just saying, he brought it up. He's like, Survivor Series match, even though he lost, he did say it was pretty much two-on-one. And so... Uh, he does look forward to having a rematch with uh, Roman at some point. But, yeah, no, Tommy, what were some uh, takeaways for you? Um, you know, I said this comparison, and you probably didn't agree with me on this one, was um, I wanted to think that Kevin Owens is, to Roman Reigns, what Mick Foley was to The Rock, like, over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who could take a licking and keep on ticking. But Mick is known, like you said, to take a lot of abuse. And comparable to the, their bodies... For sure, yeah. So, Richard, let me ask you this. For Kevin Owens, he took a beating here. God, that spear through the table, the way that it was perfectly timed yeah. and angled, that the, the table literally exploded perfectly and really added some drama to how powerful and probably hurtful that spot was. For Kevin Owens, and then later on we saw Kevin Owens by uh, outside on the wall and Roman Reigns comes running and tries to spear him. He ducks and Roman goes through the barricade. So God, it was just such a hard hitting. Even Roman, or excuse me, Kevin finally got Jay under the table, was throwing stuff on top of him to, to get him out of it. So I was going into this. I was really curious. Okay. The opening match TLC match with Drew and AJ was awesome. How are they going to top it? Again, later in the night, I'm kind of glad they actually spaced the two out so weren't back to back, but they did. They did. They told their own story that was amazing and, and hard hitting. But Kevin Owens, yeah, took a beating, didn't give up. So he took a beating. He lost the two on one. He didn't give up. So do you think this was a really a breakout moment for Kevin Owens? And could he become the next big baby champion for a I, restart on SmackDown? 
Yeah, I think this is a restart for sure because he's he's not going near the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown. Because mm-hmm. how many more times do we need to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? Yeah, uh, and and plus Biggie's already yeah earmarked for that. Yeah, they're that I, was I, announced for SmackDown this week. They're gonna have a match. I think that they can drag this to January thirty first at the Royal Rumble. Okay. Um, and then what happens with Kevin after that? Unfortunately, I don't know because yeah. that way he's he's not in the Royal Rumble match, or maybe maybe he there is a number one contender match for the Royal Rumble, and he doesn't make it and he makes it into the Rumble match or- and then goes on to win the Royal Rumble because. If you were to look at the landscape right now, I don't think anyone could call who's winning that Royal Rumble this year. No, it's wide open. And you keep in mind, they also have Elimination Chamber. It was always in their back pocket. It's like whoever wins the Royal Rumble gets a championship slot, and then Elimination Chamber is like the second way of getting a championship title shot at some point, depending on who it is in there. Uh, But no, I really excited for Kevin Owens' breakout moment. I know a lot of people anticipate Big E to be the one to dethrone Roman at some point. But I I can see a case for Kevin Owens to kind of get some uh, redemption at some point, or payback. I could see that, but I think what, what's ultimately going to dismantle the uh, high chief here uh, <laughs> potentially could be we get the Usos with Roman. Roman seemingly looks undefeatable, and then we get another draft at some point, and we get the New Day reunited. Mm. And that's... Biggie's crowning achievement, much like how when uh, Kofi won the belt, we got Biggie and uh, Xavier. Xavier lifting uh, Kofi on their shoulders. I I would not be surprised that they will try to re reenact that moment. So it'd be what two years apart. So if Biggie wins WWE champion or excuse me Universal Championship, Kofi and Xavier come out and lift him up, and then reenact what happened to Kofi two years prior. So. I could totally see them want to go for that feel-good moment as well. So I think Kevin Owens right now, he's in a good spot. I'm I'm happy for him, and I want him to kind of stay dominant. Even though he lost here, he still looked very strong. So it, SmackDown, dude, they've got some great things going. Uh, all right, last but not least. So with that being said, when Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens' match started happening, a lot of people on Twitter were like, oh, my God, the Firefly Fire – or how do they call it? It was the – Firefly Inferno match. Inferno match. That was going to be the main event here. And I'm like, all right. And then I saw some people tweet out, I guess it was filmed earlier in the day, which makes sense. You know, be safe. You're going to be playing with fire. You got to sure. got to pre-record it, make sure it's edited properly and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, Randy Orton taking well, on Bray Wyatt well, here. On, on top of that, before the main event, uh, we they did show all the wreckage of the main event, and then all of a sudden there's this pyro match. So, <laughs> like, they cleaned up the fact fast. that people are pointing out that it was recorded earlier in the day. No duh. <laughs> like the announcers' desks were gone. There was just piles of of everything everywhere, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's clean. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, like that. Like five minutes like, later, like one video package, and they're booming yeah. ready. <laughs> like what? They send forty people out to clean it up. Actually, it was uh, Kevin Owens after Roman went through the barricade, and I looked over. You see the ref like grabbing stuff, and he throws it under the ring. I was like, really? Why you throw it under there? I guess I don't know. Get it out of sight. But it's like I kind of like you leave it in the ring. Kind of adds more to the setting, the destruction. But uh, all right, so this main event here, Randy Orton taking on Bray Wyatt. 
Uh, Inferno match. We grew up with Inferno matches as far as the first one, Undertaker versus Kane at, uh, you said it was Unforgiven, I think it was, Richard. So, so Unforgiven 98. So we, we've seen how these matches played out over the years, especially in the early 2000s and stuff. So going into this, I was like, okay, when Kane and Undertaker did theirs, the very first one, Kane ultimately lost because his glove, the hand that's covered the glove and the long sleeve, that was ultimately lit on fire. We saw like the gel on it, the protective yeah. gel and lit on fire. So going into this, I was like, okay, even though this is an Inferno match, you would think Bray Wyatt would be at the advantage because he's the monster. He's the one that could do some crazy stuff and cause get Randy on fire. And plus, Randy doesn't have, like normally he just wears tights. He doesn't have any extra accessories on him. That could be set on fire. Bray, as the fiend, he has gloves, he has pants, all this stuff. The hair, the the long hair. The mask. He has all this stuff on him that could potentially be set on fire. So going into this, I was like, Bray Wyatt's probably going to lose here because he has more stuff that could catch on fire. Um, But then shocking for me, I was surprised Randy Orton comes out with pants on and a hoodie. So I'm like, oh, man, he could potentially uh he has now item or garments on him that could catch on fire but um yeah this match here when it started we didn't see no fire at first and a lot of people on twitter were like where's the fire and then finally later in the match when i think was it when the fiend hit like a big spot all of a sudden the entire thunderdome erupted (laughs) like explosion Like a Japanese death match. Everything just like blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was awesome. So yeah, no, Richard, we were coming to some of your observations from this match here. I, I I enjoyed it. I think once the fire got started, I was pumped for it. It was just yeah. kind of uh like what the hell is this? Yeah. Uh, I'm a fire you know, starter. Yeah, there's there's just <laughs> a prodigy going. <laughs> there's no way to do that without the pandemic. So yeah. like otherwise it's in a warehouse and it looks like crap, but yeah, uh, I thought it. I thought it was very entertaining. Even the end, I thought was funny. Uh, I'm sure people. I'm sure people are, are butchering it, but uh, I don't care. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Well, the thing is, so once how many fi- times did they they put the Undertaker in a casket and burn the casket or buried him alive? And, yeah, I mean that's and, the thing. If the Attitude Era was today, people would be pissing themselves and complaining on Twitter so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like everyone's the, the the majority of people that complain that want the attitude era back, they give you the attitude era and they complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when the fire started going off, it was cool. They have like whatever uh, you know, setups and around yeah. like the barricade. So in between the barricade and like the first set of monitors for the Thunderdome crowd, and so and then like they had like these also like these poles. It looks like that. You know, light up as well. So not only get the fire light up around the barricade, but then uh, these extra set of poles that have like fire going upward. So it made for this really cool effect that honestly blows away that first infernal match with Taker and Undertaker. That makes it look like such child's play in some as far as the presentation goes. So the fire lights up. It was awesome. Like whoa! Like and then you know we see them battling out you know it's pretty much just a brawl it's not a traditional match here and they're really trying to push each other to the outside to the barricade trying to light one the other person on fire um decent match as far as two of them going at a grudge match if you want to call it that and then ultimately uh Randy Orton you know pushes 
Bray by the ramp onto where, where there was fire over there and the back of the fiend lights up and Randy goes yeah. into the ring and it was cool like the fiend stood there and just like kind of let his whole body get engulfed with flames and then he started running he into charged. the ring like great visual there right yeah that was like uh, you remember the end of gremlins yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> or yeah, is it the, the like thing? That. Remember the thing with Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. The thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like you stupid. That was son such of a, a cool oh, no. visual. You're thinking Jaws, Jaws. man. He's like, no. He, f- he's uh, like, well, f you too. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Uh, I I think Wrong movie. visually, I think this was a a visually stunning match. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that they got probably thousands of, of great photos out of this match. Mm-hmm. Um, already on Twitter. Like I was trying to save some of them yeah. already. It was like awesome. Um, yeah, just ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, I liked it. I, and I thought the, the, the end was really great in terms of it being attitude era esque. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Tommy? We were thinking kind of some of your observations from this, that whole spot with the rocking chair. You know? Oh yeah, yes. yes. That's <laughs> okay. Well, I earlier he I took... didn't even notice it until he until Randy jumped up that the the rocking chair had the gel all over it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Like the well, red, reddish pink gel. Yeah. yeah. So right before I remember the fiend grabbed like the pickaxe and tried to swing at Randy. Randy really ducked, hard, <laughs> and he got like lo- it got lodged in the barricade, and he's like trying to pull it, yank it out, and so that was you know stuck. And then yeah, later on they're brawling and. Uh, the fiend knocks out Randy onto the the rocking chair, and then yeah, pulls the the gasoline down the, the aisle there, mm-hmm. and yeah, he lights it, and it was like like a horror movie or something. Randy yeah. j- jumped out, set the rocking chair on fire. So great visual there as well. But yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was like something out of the thing. <laughs> so it yeah. was cool. Uh, but yeah, so when the fiend got lit on fire, runs into the ring. And uh, he's charging Randy Orton. Randy hits him with an RKO and knocks him out. So I was laughing. I was like, okay, fire doesn't stop the fiend, but an RKO stops the fiend. So the RKO is much more worse than fire. I I think what they were trying to imply is like the horror movie where the the Mm -hmm. monster always comes back one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he runs yeah. into the ring on fire and then he gets slayed again. Yeah, yeah, right. And, yeah. and then the 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 hero, who's really not a hero, he's Randy Orton, uh-huh. uh, has to kill it one more time, but mm-hmm. isn't really dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing was like in this going into this match, like the whole dynamic of babyface and heel. I mean, I guess technically Randy Orton was the heel, and Bray is supposed to be more the babyface. But even still, he was more a tweener going into this. So, um, and so uh, he's laying there, knocked out. Randy grabs a little, uh, was it a gas? Uh, uh, it looked like he it looked like his car ran out of gas. He had to go get yeah, some the gas. Little, the little uh, uh, gas uh, container. Uh, container, yeah. yeah. So look like <laughs> you know when you're stranded. Yeah, it looked like he was his car got stranded. He had to get some gas and uh, fill it up. And so he starts pouring the gas all over the fiend. And then he really took his time grabbing the the matches, lighting it, and like staring at the flame, and like he was almost getting like hypnotized. Yeah, because you know, like uh, who the like pyro people, like pyromaniacs, or yeah. uh, like yeah. they really say like they kind of get like really into that daze. Yeah, like the the flame itself is what like sets them off and gets them excited. So he yeah. really kind of yeah. played that role. 
And then he throws the match down on the fiend, and the fiend starts lighting on fire, which goes back we to what Tommy's a murder yeah. on t- national television. <laughs> Dark side of the ring. I yeah. know. <laughs> Wait to the icon episode about the fiend yeah. or Randy Orton. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the fiend, his whole body lights on fire. I mean, you could tell like the hands were not like real hands; they were like fake hands. Oh but, yeah. But uh, so yeah, I was like shocked. I was like, oh my god, like. It was wacky. It was over the top. It was intense. It was, like it was needed. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> so, but it goes back because like the reports was so apparently. A little backstory here: Raw had like its lowest ratings ever this week, and so USA Network allegedly were upset. They want more mature whoa, adult whoa, 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 content. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They had their lowest demographic ratings this week. That's I, what it was. Well, they had right. the lowest number as well. It was like one point five no. million. Yeah, but they've had 1.2 and 1.3 before. What they were really? reporting, they made it sound like the lowest ratings ever, but it was the lowest demographic rating. It ever. was no, definitely that. But I, uh, I don't know if they ever had 1.2. I know SmackDown used to. They did when they had that that thing that was, that Tommy was sending around to us through text about yeah. the McMahon's coming out saying that we're going to make things change. That, that was, was the lowest ratings. Yeah, two. That was two years ago. And that was 2.21 or 2.1 million no, or no, something. No. I think was, I don't know, but anyway, the was point lower. was well, no, but anyway, it's just USA Network is allegedly is upset and they want more adult content. content. Now, we're now, not so much like that report itself ad- is bullshit because how is Dave Meltzer getting a USA executive on the phone and he's going to call them and say, "Hey, I run a wrestling journalist news site on the internet. Can you tell me your feelings towards?" The rumored uh, ups- low ratings, low ratings like well, that. Come on. When you break they, it down like that, realistically, it's bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's I guess what, spinning crap. And that's what he does. Well, he the, makes up bullshit that people react to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is regardless of all that, it's like, OK, how does WWE go about more much? more mature stuff like what's the definition of that is it more sex tna is it more more aggressive violence, violence? like what we've seen with romans doing got that this year like yeah. do you remember the lana bobby lashley rusev storyline <laughs> earlier this year <laughs> yeah. yeah the scandal yeah they gave the the audience that and they shit on it but then mm-hmm. all of their numbers everywhere popped up so for that yes yeah, like, and the YouTube numbers were insane for that video. Yeah, yeah. like the the anti WWE people want a voice, but they don't watch it. So like, yeah. you don't <laughs> cater to them because f them. Like they don't matter if you're not watching the show, you don't matter. It's like people that complain about politics, but they don't vote. Yeah, like they're the same crap people that want to have their opinion heard, even though they don't view it. Thank you, Richard. You Woo! are the voice of reasoning. He just cut a promo on the entire wrestling community, internet wrestling yeah. community. God damn. Uh, but nonetheless. Because they're wrong. So this match, the way it ended, yes, while it was a shocker over the top, I enjoyed it. I was like, whoa, that's something different we haven't seen before. And how they're going to follow this up? Randy Orton, is he going to be on the run now from the cops? Like, is he He's going to be a wanted man <laughs> He's now. a fugitive now. A wanted man. <laughs> put a, they should put, someone should Photoshop his face onto Harrison Ford from the fugitive. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. every, every, every time someone's done something like this to Bray Wyatt, he's always come back with something creepy. And stronger. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Whoa, do you yeah. think the I, fiend's done? It, it, I don't think it's done. I think it's going to evolve. 
Okay, and yeah, where was I, Alexa I Bliss? The, Alexa Bliss wasn't there. She's yet. on vacation. She 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 publicly said like everyone chill out. I put on like a notice for vacation to be home for Christmas. Oh, okay, like yeah, month, yeah, yeah. months ago, so it's nothing. Okay, but, she's probably with her uh, boyfriend, Ryan Cabrera. I think it'd be Ryan kind of, Cabrera. Damn it! I think it'd be kind of cool if if he popped back up with something new, a different outfit, but, burnt clothes. But, but first showed up with the burnt clothes and the burnt mask and everything. Okay. And just keep evolving this thing because yeah. he, he has, or there has been things said that this is a the the fiend is a phase and the evolution of where this goes because Bray had the character in NXT years ago when he went back and found what he wanted to do after Husky. he's he's had this planned out for mm. like the fiend was planned out in NXT interesting when he was okay. there and it was just a matter of. Of, like not not everything you know because the fiend did originally when he came back he was attacking his own character yeah in terms of being fat or tiresome promos or and whatever then getting revenge against people who beat him before when he was just exactly. bray wyatt so he was getting revenge so it was like and that's why all the faces were behind him crossed off yeah. he was one yeah. by one going after everyone yeah bray um, wyatt is the wwe's freddy krueger he's going to keep coming back and keep evolving and it's going to get nastier and weirder and bigger every time Great observation, or great. like Kevin Sullivan, or yeah, I was gonna say like Jason, you know, Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. As far as yeah, he keeps evolving. Uh, how, Michael Myers, Halloween, yeah. like yeah, the Michael mask Myers. might look. change a little yeah. bit here and there. The, the the outfits might change a little bit here and there, and you and then it's going to get to a point where you never know which one you're going to get. Yeah, he's going to have so many because gimmicks or personalities. We haven't seen like standard Bray Wyatt. Uh, since the like the WrestleMania montage match he had with Cena this year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've we've gotten this Mister Rogers creepy Bray Wyatt, and we've gotten the Fiend. So it's like we've right there. You've already got three characters, or I mean, we the haven't swamp got like, match the, too a little bit the, of him the, there. The, the, yeah, and, and we haven't got the the Swamp original uh, Bray Wyatt in forever. We haven't got the Butcher Shop Bray Wyatt in forever. <laughs> so. It's it's a really interesting character because you never know what you're going to get with it. Yeah. So, and it's, was, and, it's, and much the, the only comparison to the Undertaker is the character doesn't die; it just comes back and it evolves stronger, right? Yeah, better. <laughs> it's like yeah. uh, remember was it that one was it Halloween four where uh, was it Halloween or or was it Friday Thirteenth where they were just the, drop it on me? I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, so they so were at the cemetery and there was like a pole like a metal rod and it became like a lightning rod the lightning hit it and it uh the lightning jason. rod was in the grave and it jason. jolted the was it jason then he got jolted yeah, and it, was, they revived him it woke him yeah. up like yeah. frankenstein so yeah again yeah, like they, the, they took the body to the morgue and then it woke up at the morgue right yeah that was was that michael myers where he was at no. the morgue no that Halloween, was probably the God, we're getting all these crossovers. We should do I know. Stuff. I remember Friday the thir- uh, Friday the Thirteenth. It was the one in the hospital. Yeah, it was okay. It was part three or part yeah. two. But I, I just remember it's just the cemetery. The lightning rod was in the body or in the casket. The lightning yep. struck it and re- mm-hmm. uh, like rejuvenated the body. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was it was Jason who then comes out. Right. So yeah. great scene. So anyway, like yeah, will the fiend get like electrocuted and like? wake up again get alive again yeah. like a zombie i don't know but yeah there's so much layers to that it's gonna be awesome comes back stronger so 
I, I'm definitely going to want to tune in to Raw and SmackDown so we can see the fallout from all this. And we'll, of course, talk about it as well. But no, TLC hit it out of the park. Uh, literally all I their bodies. It, I think it was the, the best pandemic show of the year. I was going to say, like, I saw some people like, on, on Twitter said this might be the best pay-per-view of the year. I mean, well. I mean, we did have the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, yeah. The <laughs> pandemic. I'm saying, in terms of the pandemic, this this was. I mean, it went by like that for me. Yeah. Like it was yeah. so quick. Yeah. Like so I, cool. it left me wanting more. And then afterwards, I'm thinking to myself, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind rematches on this entire show. Like, yeah. Well, maybe you know, next week, next week or something, we could do like an end of the year review of everything as like a bonus episode and just. Yeah, just I know this might be a little recency bias in our heads, but I reflect on the best pay-per-views from the pandemic era and rank them or something like that. So a lot of fun here. But, dude, awesome pay-per-view. Thank you. Bravo, WWE, for hitting out the park. Bravo. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, all right, let's (laughs) golf clap. (laughs) Let's start wrapping things up. Richard, where can all the clicksters find you online? You can find me at Pro Wrestling 101. Uh, on Instagram and nowhere else, but give uh, Bounty Hunter Brothers a follow. They do our open for the show. They are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome. Tommy, how about you? Where can the clicks just find you? You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at IronFist1982. Yeah, follow Tommy. He does some good tweets, live tweets during sporting events and uh, WWE yeah, pay-per-views. You, and pro wrestling. If you, pro wrestling. If you click baiters like uh, boxing, he's got some good boxing clips on there, too. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83. Like I said, top of the show, please uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It really does help a lot. Please rate, comment, and share. Shout out. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. We got a couple ratings and reviews on Apple yeah. Podcasts, and they're all positive. Thank you to those people. And it's not from Dave Meltzer, is it? No, no, no. But no, thank you to those people who took the time to uh, uh, leave a comment about us and some positive feedback. So I really appreciate that. Because if you think about it, if someone's looking for a cool wrestling podcast to listen to, those reviews help us like Yelp. It like gives people a reason They read those reviews and it helps motivate them to hit that subscribe button and start listening. So like Yelp reviews, those help. Like if people are come across us and they, they have no idea if they should listen or not, those reviews give people insight why you should listen. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube in the click as well. Please follow us there. Subscribe and uh, in the click at gmail.com. And I, I please encourage everyone, follow us on social media. Um, I've been teasing this. Some merch is coming on the way. So once I get that live and official, I will send the links out on in the clicks uh, uh, social media page. So that we can start wearing some shirts and stuff and rock and help support in the click out. Oh, yeah. And then, and go on. No, go ahead, Tommy. What do you say? Oh, I just want to say, for if you want to follow the best pro wrestling content on instagram you got to follow richard's page at yes. pro wrestling 101 yeah no very good richard does an amazing um, uh job there posting stuff Karen cross is always liking your stuff and oh, talking yeah. about and the von erics too yeah the von erics as well so it's Those are my lo- boys yeah, oh, yeah great stuff and uh um so on that note let's go home and that's the bottom line because he we said so